Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. The Garden Report, Blakely is here. Uh, John Zan is joining us in a little bit, and we have so much news to get through to today. Offseason didn't wait at all, Sherrod. A day after the finals, we get the report Bradley Beal is going to work on a trade with the Wizards once they decide that they're going to rebuild, and I think that's the way they're going. Uh, and teams are lining up. Heat, Bucks. Celtics, not among them, a second report today indicated that Boston will not pursue Bradley Beal along a favorite name of Jeff Goodman and many fans uh, to link up with Jason Tatum and the Celtics here. Do you think that's the right move for Boston to stay away here? Yeah, I I think it is. One, because Bradley Beal, the the thing that the the dirty little secret that's not so secret anymore is the no trade clause that he has in his contract. So he can, in effect, direct where he's going to go. Uh, and when you're if you're Bradley Beal and you're looking at all the different teams that you could potentially play for, uh, I'm not sure Boston is a good fit because for Boston, they're going to have to get rid of significant pieces. And I'm using plural, not singular, in order to make room to add him to the mix. And if you're Bradley Beal, if playing with Jason Tatum uh, is pretty much the only top tier player you might be playing with just because of, of all the different moves that the Celtics might have to make to get you. Is it really worth it? Uh, There's a lot of teams that I think are going to have the flexibility, not only in terms of making the dollars work, but also in terms of having a clear void for a player like Bradley Beal. And, you know, we'll we'll get into some of the particulars, but, you know, the Miami Heat, they're the front runners of just about every single individual in the NBA you talk to ask them about it. They see Miami as being the team to beat. And it makes a lot of sense on so many levels, particularly when you look at how their season ended and you look at just some of the gaps that this team had uh, that got exposed in in the NBA finals. And that's the, one of the things, you know, I was talking with a scout about this uh, a couple days ago and they mentioned how, you know, there's a reason why all those guys on that Miami team roster went undrafted. It just took the NBA finals before folks realized what their shortcomings were. Uh, so Miami is a good team, and for Bradley Beal, that would make a lot of sense for him to angle towards wanting to get there. And they've got some interesting pieces that they can kind of put out there that, um, again, did a lot of really good things in the postseason. When you think about Caleb Martin, you think about Gabe Vincent, you know, Matt Struess, all those guys had their moments. But uh, if you're Miami Heat and you got a chance to get Bradley Beal and it'll cost you, you know, two or three ro- you know, roles slash rotation guys – I, I think you got to roll the dice and do that because the only core guy of your team that you absolutely cannot part with is Jimmy Butler. And I would put Bam out of bio in that category as well. 
So those yeah. two. Yeah, once once Kevin Durant became available, I don't think they were floating Bam out there for him. So certainly not for Beal. Uh, will they wait on Lloyd though? Because I think that's another dream for them. Uh, another guy that could potentially shake loose here. I think that's the only way Beal doesn't end up there if they decide they want to wait for the better player of the two. And I think that's pretty clear that Lloyd is the better of those two. But I, I'm with you. I'm super intrigued by Miami if he ends up there, especially eating up those minutes that some of those undrafted guys did there and playing in their role taking those shots. I mean, we might see an all-NBA level Bradley Beal reappear again. Yeah, and I, I think for him, it will be a not only in terms of opportunity to play, but also just a revitalization and re-energize him. I think he's gotten a little bit tired and stale of the same old, same old in, in Washington. I mean, that team hasn't been out of the second round of the playoffs since he's been there. Uh, the, and, and for a guy that's entering a, po- a point in his career where, you know, you're not going to get too many cracks at playing uh, – you know, at a high level, just because of father time is always going to win. Look at LeBron James this year. He had a great season, but there were stretches where father time clearly had saddled him down. And Bradley Bill, you know, he's had some, some injury issues of late that make him a little bit of a, of a, of a flight risk, so to speak, as far as being able to hit the ground running and give you 60, 65, 70 good games uh, this season. But the talent makes it worth it. Uh, and if, if you're Miami, the, you know, that Miami culture, that Miami eye for talent uh, and just the way they play, you could absolutely see him thriving there. Uh, but to your point about Lillard, uh, I don't really even think it's, it's even debatable. I mean, Lillard is, I think, the better player, uh, particularly when you talk about uh, just carrying a team. That Portland team, when the way they're built, they're, they're a non-playoff team in every sense of the word. Uh, and, and Lillard has had moments where he's put that team on his back and carried them way deeper than I think anyone anticipated they could go. Uh, haven't really had many moments like that from, from Beal, uh, even though he puts up great numbers, a tremendous score, uh, finds ways to get his shot off, and can really hurt you from all three levels, finishing at the rim, mid-range, and three-point shot. But, uh, again, if, if I am the Celtics, I'm not trying to add him just because of all that you'd have to subtract in order to add him. And if you're Miami, it's absolutely worth the, worth the gamble because you're not going to get much better if you keep your core group intact than you are right now, while everyone around you is getting appreciably better. And, of course, Beal does have some say in this. Uh, one thing we kicked around a couple of years ago when we talked about Beal was that potential – of him targeting Boston as a destination he wanted to be, maybe forming a big three with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Tatum recruiting him. Uh, I think many look at this and say it'd be Brown for Tatum, I mean, for Brown for Beal, rather. But Washington probably wouldn't want Brown, right? He's on a one-year deal, might not be able to keep him. And given the other packages that we're looking at right now, Tobias Harris, if Philly decides to get involved, I'm seeing Kyle Lowry maybe from Miami, but I think it's more likely that Washington would want Hero Robinson. And even that's not the greatest return in the world. So I, could the Celtics get involved, you think, if, if it is something cheaper like a Brogdon, Smart, those types, uh, first-round pick or something? Like At that point, does a big three become intriguing for Boston? I think if you're Boston, if they were to get in, involved, I think they would be involved as a third participant. And okay. for Boston, I, I could see them, you know, maybe putting, you know, just to make the money work, throwing in a guy like Peyton Pritchard or, or someone at the end of the bench and getting like a second round pick or a late first round pick, some type of, uh, you know, capital in return that doesn't significantly impact 
or alter their roster in any way, shape, or form, good or bad. I could see that more likely than than any other scenario because, again, when you look at the way this Celtics team is constructed right now, um, I it, it just doesn't feel as though they need to take a crane, a cannonball to this thing and, and just absolutely demolish it and just kind of scorch the earth, so to speak, with it. I just don't think they're going to do that uh, because, uh, you know, even as they are right now, if the season began today, they would still be one of the top two, top three teams in the East. And that's with doing absolutely nothing this offseason. So if you're th- in that position, regardless of whether you do anything or not, it doesn't make sense to make these dramatic wholesale changes, especially when your two core guys, which Jalen and Jason, don't want to not play with each other. I mean, they, we're not talking about Shaq and Kobe. We're not talking about, you know, some of the other, you know, dynamic duos that had their their clear and undeniable issues with each other. That's not the case here. And if that's not the case, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be aggressive or even, you know, be clearly open to the idea of, of parting ways with those guys. Yeah, and Jake Fisher came through today following up Brian Windhorst's report that they will keep these two together, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I think that uh, became the biggest question entering the offseason was whether the Celtics would think about moving Brown, whether it's for their number three pick ahead of next week's draft or whatever other star you can think of or a combination of players. Like, I kicked around for a bit. I, I thought they might think about it, especially if the contract negotiation doesn't go the way both sides want here. And I'm still interested in that because one thing Windhorst didn't mention and Fisher didn't either is is what the terms uh, will be here because right. – I think – I don't know if it needs to be a Supermax. You've kicked around maybe him taking less Sherrod. Now, I haven't done the numbers exactly on how much less would even help the Celtics because I think the brackets are about to get so much it's, bigger. Yeah. It, it's um, been a while since we talked, Bobby. He ain't taking less than a Supermax. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. not going to happen. Uh, and are the we, Celtics going to try to make him take less? Are they're they, not, no. I, all right, so this is, this is done. They're just going to say Supermax and we're off. It, they don't have a choice. I mean, I just just talk with people throughout the league. The Celtics don't have a choice because they they're already on kind of precarious ground with Jalen just going into negotiations. The last thing you want to do is give him a clear out and a clear yeah. out for Jalen would be them say, we're going to give you less than a supermax because he's earned the right to have that money. This is very different than when Kimball Walker was in Charlotte and he had earned the right to supermax. And the Hornets said that we're not going to do that. This is different because Jalen Brown is still trending upwards as a player. He still hasn't reached his peak level as a player yet, whereas Kimba was clearly on a decline. And to to allocate a significant portion of your cap to a player who's definitely on a decline just doesn't make sense. And with Jalen, you just don't – if you're the Celtics, you you don't – the idea that he could go somewhere else – make less money because you were because you basically got cheap uh, and didn't want to pay him what he was eligible to make. Uh, that is you're not going to recover from something like that anytime soon because you're not going to get a player that is going to be as talented as Jalen. And frankly, I don't think you'll be a player who's a better fit. I think there are players out there who are better fits, but I don't think you can get those guys to Boston. Uh, like, for example, I mean, we, we haven't talked about it, but uh, the Celtics would be absolutely – significantly better if they had a true playmaker a la lamella ball uh that's a guy that again his game i think would work really well uh but charlotte isn't i I just don't see them willing to part ways with him because they don't have anything remotely close uh 
behind him unless they think that they're going to get Scoot, and then they might be open to moving him. That that could change things. But um, if you're going to move Jalen, you need to move him for a player who addresses a clear and present need that you have. And to me, play, having a, a, a legitimate full-time 24-7, 365 playmaker is something that they could absolutely benefit from. Because Marcus Smart, I don't think he's done a horrible job, but that's not who he is. He's not that guy. And that's okay because he does a lot of other things that can help you win. But they could use, you know, a Lamella Ball type or a Rajon Rondo type, someone who, when it comes to playmaking, that's their, that's their superpower. Uh, right now, they don't have anybody like that. Our official oh, yeah. sports wagering partner, FanDuel, FanDuel.com. No Still sweat. Offering. No sweat. Up to $1,000. Love the website. Lots of futures going on right now, of course, with all the other sports off. But baseball is in full swing. I was over at Fenway on Tuesday, John. Uh, not a fun time, but FanDuel makes it a little more fun, uh, whether it's the Red Sox or whatever other team you're thinking about putting a little bit on today. And uh, since baseball season isn't full swing, there's no play, better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in your account. If your first bet doesn't win or anything in between, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and, of course, our uh, great sports wagering partner here at CLNS Media, Major League Baseball, trademarks used with permission. Yeah, they do have three guards, though, and it looks like one could be on the move. I guess four, including Pritchard, uh, three who played significant minutes last year, and Brian Robb reporting that Celtics are kicking around some moves, uh, non-Brown moves uh, around the edges of the roster. I've heard that name Brogdon thrown around for a bit here. Big salary, maybe someone that they can turn into another position, another guard. Um, and I think he did note in this report that a guard is who they're looking to move here. Uh, big salaries there that they could potentially flip. I think White's safe. Smart, who knows? I think there's still great value in having him at $18 million or so through 2026, uh, especially with how connected he is with the rest of the roster here, the defense, all the things we love about him. Brogdon, though, uh, still haven't heard about a surgery for him either, which I find interesting mm-hmm. uh, on that injury. I don't know if that's being held up or if maybe he doesn't need it, but I just haven't heard anything on that front, which is interesting in combination with this report here. And of course we got the draft next week picks. Uh, you mentioned the Charlotte one, the Portland one available, maybe middle of the round. Uh, so the Celtics are active here. Uh, James Edwards noted that they called about uh, Isaiah Stewart, Isaiah Stewart, our guy, in almost the almost Syracuse center. Uh, who's been great for the Pistons early in his career out there. So is is can we read from this that this is what they're looking for here? Maybe a depth big, maybe a big of the future, switching that guard position into the big position? Yeah, I, I think they're they're looking for guys who either fill a talent need, which for this team I think is having a, a kind of a, a – a, playmaker or a guy who brings a certain ruggedness and physicality that they need a certain amount of toughness. This is the same guy, Isaiah Stewart, who, you know, he was ready to jump on LeBron's ass, uh, you know, not that long ago. And if you start going through the annals of NBA history and look at the guys who legitimately were ready, were about that life with LeBron, (laughs) you don't find many. Uh, So, you know, Isaiah, to me, he's he's a class of one in that regard. But the thing that I like about him and and for those of us who followed him, you know, in Detroit, 
he's improved his overall game. He's not just a guy that can score around the basket. He can actually score facing. Uh, he's a he's got a face up game now, which again, it's not all-star level but it's significantly better and he poses i think a little bit more of a threat offensively now than he used to when he first came into the league i would love if, if he's a guy that they could add to the mix uh and, and you know get him relatively on the cheap uh but if you add him it probably means uh unofficially that you're going to move on from grant williams i just don't see how you can have both of those guys on the roster uh because one of the because again i think a lot of the things that they look for Grant to do Isaiah Stewart does uh, except Isaiah is a little bit more physical. I think he's a stronger player. He doesn't have the range that Grant does. Uh, and I don't think he has the same level of defensive versatility that Grant does. And so in, in there are clear areas where it would be a downgrade if you were to do an Isaiah Grant swap in terms of rotation, but there's some things that Isaiah Stewart brings that he might be a better fit, and not necessarily the better talent, if, if, if you uh, kind of get a sense of where I'm going with that. Yeah, and he's developing. I, I want to look how old is he now. He's still in the fourth year of his career. He's 21. Which yeah, is young. young. Uh, it took four threes a game last year, to your point about the face-up game. It didn't always look great. And he's only a 72% career three-point sh- uh, free-throw shooter. So definitely not Grant-level upside from three. But if he's going to play the five, 32, well, the- 33 can be – Except well, right. And the other thing, too, is that he's he's evolving in that regard. I mean, he, he didn't take a lot of threes, but again, his range has definitely gotten better from where it was when he first got to the league to where it's at now. But when you look at Isaiah Stewart, you're not looking at a guy who can flirt with 50, 40, 90 numbers. But, you know, Grant can do that because Grant has done that for extended stretches. So Grant, that's my point when I say that Grant is a better shooter, because Grant actually has a resume where he has shown the ability to shoot from the perimeter and beyond the three-point line. When I talk about Isaiah's face-up game, I'm not talking about his three-point shooting. I'm talking about his ability to hit mid-range face-up shots that he did not take early on in his career. So he gives you, and and again, I think in that regard, he gives you a little bit more because Grant, I don't think Grant is a very good mid-range shooter or looks to attack guys off the dribble uh, the way Isaiah could. But if you're talking about guys who can simply spot up in the three-point, behind the three-point line and knock down shots, Isaiah isn't as good as Grant is in that regard. Yeah. 57% uh, just outside the paint, 48% three to 10 feet, 50% from that mid-range area, uh, which he didn't shoot a ton from. The long twos, 85%, didn't shoot a ton of those either. So um, it's it's a work in progress for sure. It's definitely one of those moves where it'd be a small step back at that position, hopefully Mm -hmm. his first step forward into the future. And I think that's what this offseason might be about here, especially as teams try to recalibrate their uh, future cap and you know, get ready for the new CBA here. Uh, you're going to be looking at a guy like Grant probably going out. I've, I've kind of felt that way throughout. And especially where a team like uh, Indiana starting to look at him, uh, according to Jake Fisher here, it makes a ton of sense to me. They have about $27 million in cap. Mm-hmm. They want a power forward. That's something Fisher has hit hard on going back to last trade deadline. Aaron Neesmith actually paid that position for them last year. Right. Uh, so Grant makes a ton of sense there. It's his natural position. He'd bring a ton of shooting could play next to Miles Turner uh, and start, I think, from day one there. So you weren't giving him that money, whether it's $15 million or whatever it might be there. That's the kind of money I think it would cost to pry him away from the Celtics. But that's my question for you is what, if, if it's like 8, 9, I, I think that's something the Celtics could live with and match. 
You're talking about eight or nine million? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, they, they. I mean, if if they're in a position where they can keep Grant and it will cost them like nine million dollars, they're not going to even blink. But that's probably not going to happen. No, no. Yeah. I, I can't imagine Grant getting anything less than like twelve or thirteen. Um, and that's and, just that line that's really going to challenge the Celtics with that new uh, yeah. second apron. Especially yeah. going forward, you know, once Jalen's on that supermax money that you know we agree he's going to get here, hmm. Grant thrusts you well over that line. Now I've heard a few things that I don't really buy. Maybe he takes a two-year deal with a little extra money here and then goes back to free agency in a couple years. You're talking about it, Grant? Yeah, I don't buy that. I think well, he's going to go four years, right? I would, I would think so. But you, you look at a guy like Bruce Brown, who did like a two-year, thirteen five, thirteen six million dollar contract, and he's going to opt out most likely this year and make a ton of money. I could see Grant doing something like that, where if he, you know, if let's say he resigns with Celtics, does two years, you know, low money, and if it doesn't work out, but he plays a little bit more, then he'll hit the market next year. Uh, but I, I just. Just the way this everything is kind of playing out, I, I would be very surprised if Grant's back next year because I think Grant can find a situation that is better for him money-wise and I think playing time-wise uh, if he were on a different roster. Because uh, remember that you know Danilo Gallinari is going to he's, he's going to come back, and if he's back, you look at whose minutes is he going to take. He's going to get some of Al's minutes, obviously, uh, but he's going to get some of, of Grant's minutes too, and Grant's minutes disappeared entirely for stretches. And so if you're Grant, I mean, and, and you're looking at coming back to Boston for maybe, you know, a couple years, 24, 25 million, or going to Indiana for similar money or going to Charlotte for similar money where you know you're going to play more and you know that uh, if you you have the potential to get position yourself for a bigger payday for your next contract, I, I think it, I, you, you have to look at it as a business if you're Grant. And for him, I, I think probably the best play is going to be going elsewhere and doing a short-term deal a la Bruce Brown. Yeah, or find the money that's out there. I mean, plenty of these these lottery teams have some extra money here to spend, and if they strike out on other guys, he might benefit from that, especially given the production he produced on both ends of the floor in past years. Mm-hmm. I, I still think he's going to get that you know, 12 to 15 million, as you mentioned, that's probably going to put the Celtics out of play here. I do wonder with an Indiana though, specifically, that's a team that doesn't want to spend a ton. Those kind of teams. I know most teams hate being hard capped by a sign and trade. If you're not going to spend anyway, though, to a significant degree, that doesn't kill you. So I wonder if, if you take back a guy, like if he signs with the Pacers and this isn't going to get anyone too excited, but it's just something the Celtics could do here to keep that money slot available. Daniel Tice. You know, if, if I know it's not, it's not like the sexiest move in the world, but if, if Grant goes to Indiana for 12 million or so a year, yeah, take back Tice on that one year, $9 million deal. And he's not Grant, but he can play. He's not going to hate sitting on the bench often. And he's a guy that can back up the other centers here. His first third stint in Boston. <laughs> wow. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Daniel Tice fan uh, for sure, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, I, I just I just don't see it happening. Uh, I, I would um, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel, you know, plays internationally, goes back to playing in Germany. Uh, 
And I'm not sure how much you're going to get out of him, even if you were to. to bring I do him. wonder how healthy he is. He didn't play a ton last yeah, year. Yeah, and and and, I, and I, I don't know if that was a health thing, whether it was just uh, those other guys were significantly better than him. Um, but I'm not willing. The idea of, of of a deal that brings him back and I'm I'm sending Grant out. I don't like that deal at all. I can't believe this is the portion of the show that I walked into. <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Oh Sometimes, my! Johnny, you just have to be realistic. We're, we're oh. talking about Bobby had just brought up your favorite former Celtic, Daniel Tice. Oh my God! Remember how excited I was when we were on the air and they got him back. Jimmy accidentally stumbled into this on our text thread earlier today, and he's like, "What did I walk into?" He's like, "He's like, he's like, I'm not even going to read the first thirty messages if we're talking about bringing back Daniel Tice right now." How do you feel about beef stew, John? We were just talking about him. I don't know if you could trade Grant for him. Uh, especially if he's going out in a sign and trade, but I am intrigued. You, you can't just let Grant walk, right? That's what I'm talking about here. Is that you? You Teams lose do the it salary all the time, spot. Bobby. Look at yeah, look but at I'm it. saying if it's possible to get something back, you should. Um, if you can get something back, yeah, but it doesn't. Is... It, it look look at Golden State. They had a championship team. They had a couple of pieces that they liked. They couldn't retain them all. Those guys moved on to other teams. It's just how it goes. Grant's one of those. He's your Gary Payton. He's your whatever. Like he's hey, a guy. Gary Payton back. I know. You know what I mean, though. Is like it's that it's that ilk. You know, like those players. They get to a point where they've outkicked their usefulness, and they just become too expensive to keep. And it's just that you know. You just you can only have so many, and again, especially on a roster where you have three guards making twenty million dollars already, and two guys you're going to supermax. Like somewhere, there's got to be cuts. You just can't pay everybody fifteen, sixteen million dollars just because you like them. And you don't have a replacement. It's your job to have some talent in the pipeline to be able to replace these guys. They haven't done their job, so they're just going to have to eat it. It's just an economic reality. It's not like grant disrespect all things being equal sure you keep grant around but you know that's it and otherwise you just kind of work it out the problem is is it is kind of we, we talked about in that article i'm sure you guys brought up there's just not a lot of teams out there with a lot of money that can offer anything beyond a mid-level so the money grant's looking for as people are going to start to you know squeeze their budgets that's who's going to get squeezed the lower middle class you know that's those are luxury deals 12 to 15s anything up over the mid-level you're just like screw it i'll just mid-level a guy rather than pay a guy 15 16 million a year it's just not worth it and so that's what you're going to do you're going to be looking for guys of grant's caliber with mid-levels you know and veteran you know those types of deals you're not gonna give grant that money most likely or a lot of teams are are not going to want it they're going to want to hold on to it for other stuff I, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the big news today. I think the biggest news is that Jalen Brown will be on the Celtics next year one way or another. Um, but we are brought to you by John. Uh, you probably didn't love reading this today, but uh, the Celtics are probably going to roll forward with Jalen Brown. Well, I mean, what do you, what, other trades. How, how are we saying this definitively? I mean, this is a single report. It, Two it, now. Windhorse uh, threw that out there, too. I know, but what we're talking about is what's largely been known. I'm not overreacting to these reports. I would expect everything that you would hear coming out of the Celtics camp is the intention to sign Jalen. If you heard anything different, we're at DEFCON 2 or oh, 1 yeah. already. So <laughs> like, you, just, you can't get there. You can't 
intimate that there's anything other than that that you're so going to do. So this might be the reverse of last year's strategy. So naturally, everything is, oh, yeah. I mean, up until the point where you can re-sign him, oh, absolutely, that's what we're trying to do. Extend, yes, that's what you're going to say. And so, uh, you know, regardless, I, I don't think it's changed. I think that's the safe bet anyway. I, mm-hmm. I think doing something other than resigning or attempting to resign him would be the long shot move. So I think we're really where we've been the whole time, which is extension. The question is what's never been mentioned. Did you notice what words, what two words or what one hyper hyphenated word Supermax. was not included in any of those reports, Bobby? Yeah. Supermax. Supermax. Working on an extension. Duh. You know, we can offer you money. What do you take? What you don't know is if they're offering the Supermax. What you don't know is if they offer anything less than the Supermax. If Jalen goes, you know, double bird and see you later. So them wanting to extend him may not at all mean that he's definitely coming back. So I'm not interpreting that way at all. That being said, the safe bet certainly is that they're going to try to extend him at or close to the Supermax. And he probably... So I'm I'm with you there, John, because I've never in all year, I've I've never heard an indication, and that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, that the Supermax is on the table, they're pushing it out there, and boom, it's going to be done. Sherrod, you think, though, that's how it's going to go? They they don't look. The the one thing about Brad that that we've we've come to know about him is he's very Very uh, deliberate. Even Brad, remember from the presser, oh, yeah, we want Jalen here. And that from the Supermax, I can't talk about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's not Brad like. That is not in the that's not in the template of Bradisms to to, to actually be that openly. We want to bring that guy back because, it, as you pointed out, Bobby, he wasn't like that when we were asking about some of the other players. And so they're going to do everything in their power to make it abundantly clear to the masses that they want Jalen back. And they when he said that, that is when it clicked to me that you're going to offer him the Supermax. Because for you to keep your word, for you to actually stand on your words, that's the only way you can do it. You've got to offer him the Supermax. There's no other way to say that we want to have him back. Well, Coach, you kind of know what you have to do to want him back. you got to offer him the Supermax. Now, and I know, and I'm going to, I'm going to put on my John Zanis hat right now for a second. <laughs> Is right. he going to take it? Does he yeah. want it? Does he care? I can't imagine here? he would pass it up. I can I can envision him passing it up. I don't think it'll happen, but I can absolutely see that. I it'd be stunning. He'd probably be the first ever. But uh, well, I was yeah. I, I don't I don't see it either. But uh, you know, and again, I did want to correct because somebody had said you know you can't let Grant Walk move somebody else. Guys, of course, if you're able to get off other salary, that frees up salary to do right. other things. If you decide you want to move off Brogdon because you want to address, and that's another report, I don't know whether you guys talked about it, but that was in B-Rob's report, that they're active in the trade market with yeah, the idea that one of, yeah. one of those guards has, has to go and Brogdon seems a likely one out. Sure, if you can move money around and and and, and get rid of uh, – you know, get rid of a guard. I want to say get rid of, you're not trying to get rid of them. You like all of of these guys, but (laughs) you need, you need help other places. And I mean, this dates back to let, of course, then you can start to have a different conversation regarding grant. Maybe you hang on to him at a reasonable price. Um, You know, especially considering Horford's getting older and, you know, you might need a little bit more juice there. You need help other places where you don't have them right now. We, this goes back to what we were talking about last season. Um, uh, When they, before they got Brogdon, even after, I didn't think that was their biggest need. 
we're happy to get a quality basketball player, but if you stack their needs, point guard was, I mean, not another one, maybe in place of what you had if you were to have upgraded into one of those quote-unquote true playmaking point guards, but you were just happy to get talent in the room. So Brogdon was a quality basketball player that made them better. Great. Especially for what you had to give up to get him. I mean, you literally gave up like end of the bench slash barely on the non- DMPCD list guys. And, yeah. And one of the most worthless assets in today's NBA. And that's a, that's a bottom of the first round uh, draft pick that p- the teams don't want. Look at poor Indiana this year. They're like 29, 30 and 32 or something. They got three picks down there. They, they got are killed in those trades. Yeah. They're like, Oh my God, I don't want any of these. They're guaranteed contracts are garbage. So, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter there, but the, Yes, they didn't give up, but Brogdon was a slam dunk bring in. But now you're looking at the roster and being like, we need more stuff other places. They still don't have that wing depth. Or if they did in Hauser, they certainly didn't feel confident enough to play him. Horford's getting old. You have no idea what's going on with Rob. you got to address the big situation. So absolutely, if you move a guard, you can consider uh, hanging on to Grant uh, you know, as part of a, like a combo package of what you're going to do to kind of shore up your front court a little bit. No doubt about it. Absolutely. And I do. Uh, we got sponsors aplenty here. Um, Hello, Fresh. Is no, back. Bobby, we just did one. We don't have to do another one here. I'll, I got okay. it. I got you. I, All right. You, you I won't jump the do... guy. I'm just letting people know. Hello, Fresh you, is back. You do the hoops. We won't well, do the I'll, full... I'll do. I'll do the sponsors. <laughs> we won't you, you do go, the you... full read yet, but Hello, Fresh Bobby, is back. We all need to have roles. Stay in our roles. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to stress him out. I want his brain thinking basketball, not reads. Not, not so you know I haven't liked this, John, because yeah, you, great. You have you have a surplus of guards. It's maybe something you could utilize to benefit at other positions. And you know what? Detroit's got cap space. I think they might actually have more cap space than any other team right now. Yeah. So yeah, you could move. For sure. You could move a, a contract like Brogdon's into their cap space. They might even like a Brogdon with how awful their offense has been. I think they might have been a bottom three offense last year. Uh, so that might make sense for them. If you can get a beef stew back for Brogdon. Uh, you, I just can't get over that name. <laughs> you, you start to think about that a little bit. Uh, and I, I hope that they're able to get something like that back for Brogdon because I like that phrase you use, John, get rid of. I don't want to get rid it's of it. It's not get rid of it. Yeah. I misspoke. Uh, no, no. But like some people say that with smart and stuff. And it's like, you got to get something back. If you're, you're going to move these guys. You, you, just... trade, you trade strength for strength. Those are the best deals. Yeah. The deals where I've got a surplus of one thing and you have, uh, you know, a dearth of it, you know? So like, I'm going to give you need guards. I need this. It's great. Everybody wins. You know, like that's not a, those, those are great deals. Both sides are happy to make it. Um, if you can find the right partner, I need some front court depth uh, and, and somebody who can play up there. And you might say pound for pound, is this player as good as Marcus Smart? No, Smart might be the better, or, or Brogdon might be the better player in that deal. But I'm, I'm going to be much better with this than that. You know, uh, it, it, I don't think that's much of a question. I think it's, I think it's clear there's a redundancy there. I mean, even in the way that uh, – it broke Joe's brain almost all year long trying to figure out how to rotate these guys. Uh, and it still would have been a problem in the playoffs if Malcolm Brogdon didn't get hurt late, who was the right guy to play. We were still clamoring for Brogdon and White to close games because they were out playing smart up until Brogdon, you know, suffered his injury. And that was so, a good duo right up until yeah, late in the year. You know, so like it's, 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 uh, it's messy right now. So you just clear it up by, by moving on one of them. I think that that's automatic. Um, 
that's automatic stuff. Where did we land? I got to circle back because I, I missed some good stuff. Where did, what was our Beal discussion like? Probably not. I mean, it's it, it's a good move for the Heat if they go and make it, and it seems like that's probably how it's going to go. What does the chat want to do? The comment section, right from when I posted the news yesterday, didn't love it. Didn't love what? The idea of adding BL. Celtics should have nothing to do with BL. Certainly not. So some people think maybe you can do it without Brown. I think that's probably a little too short-sighted. Like you've talked about, John, you got to think into the future to some degree. And that's not even a big three that would give you a slam dunk championship next year. In many ways, I feel like that would have all the same problems Brown and Tatum do. It'd just be three oh, guys the, instead I, of two. It's, it, that's not a good trio. You yeah. would only do it if you did Beal for whatever reason. Let's just operate in a world in which the Celtics are hung up on it. And Beal really wants to come here and they can get him low. You know, just salary matching and a and a single first round pick or something, and they're like, "Wow, that's pretty good for that." Rodman, Dallas, and Gallinari, or something like that. Whatever, yeah. You're only doing that if you think that you're going to move on. You're going to sign Brown and move on from him a year later because you're not going to carry three max guys into Tatum's contract. You've decided I'm going to pair Tatum with his buddy, and that's going to be my team. Then I'm going to trade Jalen back and get some of the things that I lost and get some roster flexibility and some cap flexibility and some other pieces in a year after I super max him. That would be the only thinking is you ride it for a year and then you make a move later because you're not going to be three super max guys and then like, you know, five dudes off the street. That's just not going to be your team going forward. You're not going to do a deal for Beal giving away three picks and a bunch of pick swaps either when you know you have to get younger at some point or another. You have to start to replenish somewhere. And it's just an incomplete trio because it's two two guards in Tatum. Like, you're, you still don't have ball handling. You don't have the big. It's just not the right three guys. So you would ha- you would only do it if you thought you're moving off from Brown. I just don't think that that's what they want to do. So I don't think it's – I don't think you get them without Brown. I don't think you want him, uh, you know, with Brown. So I don't see any path for the Celtics to getting Beal. And, and the other thing, too, you got to keep in mind is that uh, durability. He's played 60 games or or less each of the last four years. That's... One of them was a, was a shortened year because of COVID. Okay. He played Three. 60 out of 70 there. That right. wasn't terrible. Right. I think he was fake shut down last year and, and having a decent year. Fake shut down. He's not. He didn't have surgery in the off season. He just was. He just stopped playing. He just got fake shut down. Yeah. He had a minor. He had a minor injury, and they just shut him down for the last 10, 10 or twelve. <laughs> they were going to the lottery. Yeah. So but what I don't understand is this: teams and do a freak that, wrist and injury the year works. before, and, and a freak wrist injury the year before. It's right. not one of those guys. He's not Gordon Hayward. Oh wow! You said the G word. <laughs> Damn. Do you want Hayward back? I want Brown for Hayward in the two pick. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna get interesting. The draft is going week. to go to hell for that. That's a straight trip to hell with that. There, I said it. I, it popped into my head today. I was like, I had to get it out somewhere. I want the two or the three pick. I want Scoot Henderson. I'm sorry. That gets tricky though, because Charlotte's doing the Orlando from a year ago. Oh, are we taking Miller? Are we taking Scoot? Who's it gonna be? I know, taking... I, know. I bet he's gonna go too, but. We'll I do. I we think so too. That's why I want to go up to two. Portland's no good anymore. If if Scoots, I mean, look, if Charlotte winds up taking Scoot, then they may look to move Lamelo. How crazy is this going to get, Sherrod? What are you hearing? Because there's so many rumors out there right there now. Has- like Towns got floated first. 
that he might not be on the team in a couple of weeks. And then I saw uh, Zion's name over the last couple of days. And Zion's got so much drama that has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, um, it wasn't that his name it, was, it was his availability. Yeah. Um, he's then, been yeah. too damn available, Ashley. That's part of the, part of the damn problem. He's been too damn available when he should be rehabbing. He's been and Beal, of course, yeah. too. Could something crazy happen <laughs> over the next week here, Sharon? Yeah, but I don't think it will. Someone is going to have to make the first move, and I don't think they're going to make it until we get right on the eleventh hour uh-huh. of the draft. I don't think there'll be anything done like a day or two before, uh, because teams are going to wait to the last Whoop. minute and hope to get the best deal possible. Camera goes down. Cam goes, goes down. Can you wow. still hear me? Guys, yeah, I just want you. everyone to know that I'm okay. You can keep talking. We just can't I'm see I'm okay, you. guys. <laughs> Everything is okay. Oh, goodness. Hi. That's what you got for the Hayward take. I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think anything will happen until we get to the 11th hour just because there really isn't a whole lot of incentive unless you feel that the deal that you put out there, someone might match it or, or trump your deal. Uh, then you just, you're, then you get a little anxious. But I, I just, I, I don't, I think we, there's a lot of smoke out there now. I don't think there's going to be a lot of, 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 you know, game changing deals, man. I think a lot of teams are just posturing right now. Um, the Carl Anthony Towns stuff is interesting because that that's a guy that, again, if you're talking sheer talent, you don't trade him. But there's so many things that he brings to the table that aren't great. Uh, I think it, he's a guy that if he's your second or third guy, then you're probably winning a championship. He To me, he I think Anthony Davis is a better player, but I think him and Anthony Davis are in a similar uh, mold as far as there has to be someone else on the team that's the clear and undisputed leader for them to be successful. Uh, and I think they have that in, in Minnesota because I think Anthony Edwards, I think he's just phenomenal. He's one of my favorite players to watch out there. He's built to have success in this league. Uh, but I'm not sure how comfortable Carl Anthony Towns has been passing that mantle on to Anthony Edwards, who's still, you know, he's still got to make an all-star team before you can really start kind of having that type of cachet in the locker room. But to me, you know, Cat is a guy, if, if you can get him and he, he put him in a role where he's your second or third best player, then you're going to be a really good team. But if you're looking for him to carry your franchise and be the face of your organization, you're going to be Minnesota light. Um, so no one wants to do that. Is that a Boston guy? For the right price. I mean, if, if you're talking about like, let's put it this way. If you're talking about adding him and getting rid of uh, a similar deal to how you got Malcolm Brogdon, where you got rid of guys that weren't even in your regular rotation for this guy, then absolutely. But I'm not sure how comfortable I would be uh, moving a major core guy for him. Because yeah. um, I love like a huge talent. I just, I, I, just I, I, I feel as though a lot of the questions and issues that people have with this Celtics team about their mental toughness and, and, and their grit and their grind, he's only going to add to that. Uh, those questions, unless you have um, the right type of people around, whether it's coaches, whether it's different type of players. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can get him and it costs you very little, but the end of your bench guys, who, some of whom may not even play, then you actually do that deal. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not giving up anything significant. For him. Can I ask everyone a question? Because, uh, you know, when did Bradley Beal become Russell Westbrook? <laughs> like, when did his – I understand – like. Albatross. Uh, when did this happen? Like, I understand, like, since he signed the deal, it 
it like he didn't he have played great the last he hasn't played years. great but like he's 29 two years ago 30 out of 30 nba teams would have signed him to a max deal apps if they were on on his uh, if he was on their team without blinking um he has statistically a pretty good year last year even though he shut it down early uh but again not third not leading the league in scoring good but i mean efficient scoring year um still the same type of player in my eyes like this is what this is like everybody who's not one of the top 10 or 12 guys that signs a supermax deal is immediately an albatross like i don't understand that then like what are we saying are we saying the supermax deal should really only go to about 10 or 12 people and it's bad business what do you think is going to happen in two years with jalen brown if you sign this like Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, sure, if he keeps going up and up, but are you going to be looking at a deal in two years and be like, oh, we're never getting rid of this albatross of a contract? All of these deals suck in a year or two. If, your guy, if, he if your guy isn't an, a, a superstar yeah. or playing at a top – I mean, Bradley Beal is still, after tanking for a couple of years, he's still a top 35 but that's the thing, the John. NBA. When you start making much more money, you have to get much better. You he's, have to improve into the deal. You can turn around next year and score thirty points, and right. everyone and make for a second team All NBA, and everyone would be like, "Oh yeah, 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 I remember but that look at guy." What they're getting offered for him, John? It's hero at best. But so like, that's why who's the saying that? That's a lot of speculative stuff. Like, do is there a definitive way? Like, the Wizards are just going to give him away for nothing. I can't believe that that's the case. Like, look at other teams. Like Simmons, you wanted out. He wouldn't show up, and they still held out for until they got a legitimate return. You know, like it's one thing to let somebody look for a trade; it's another to completely piss away your best asset or your best player and get nothing in return. If you're not getting multiple picks, all you get is salary matching and a first round pick, and and that's it. Like, why do the deal if you're Washington? Like, what does that do for you? I, I, I Unless just reset the table to have extra money, to have nobody want to come play for you. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand what they're going to do there and why they would give him away for nothing. I don't understand the thinking that he's such trash that you could just trade Tobias Harris's expiring and get him. I, I, I can't believe that that's the case. The, here's the, the challenge with Bill more than anything else teams that typically have the type of capital that could do a deal and give you picks and all those other things that you want when you want to rebuild those teams suck and Bradley Bill has absolute say in where he goes and so he's not going to want to go to you know in Orlando or or a team that uh, again has no shot at competing for a title and yet the title contending teams are saying well damn we've got a pretty good team but even if we add him, we're probably going to have to add some other pieces around him in our core so that we can have a legitimate title shot. But we can't do that because his contract takes up such a significant portion of our flexibility. Right, like I was saying to Shride earlier, John, if the Heat add him, you can't get lowered. You can't, and that doesn't make sense. Like, but I, I would assume the market for if you're the Wizards and you and you look to dump this like contract, you've got to be getting back at least players in the in the quickly range. You know, like you. First contract guys, controllable. Like, what are you getting? You're going to get just an expiring and a pick and call it a day? That doesn't move you forward in any way. You need something back that's going to make you younger, going to give you some different, some versatility, free up money down the road. 
uh, you know, and maybe some assets, but like, I feel like you need multiple picks and at least a young player or right, two. It can't be Brogdon. For this to be worth it, it can't be that. Brogdon and Smart. It can't just be Tobias as Harris's yeah. uh, uh, expiring contract, Duncan Robinson. And the, like, I think if the Heat's, Heat are going to do it, they've got to throw some picks behind it too. Right. It's not just, so then it becomes the KG Pierce deal with the Celtics, which is, I, th- I don't care what match the salary. Give me three future first and two pick swaps. And that's good. And I'm in full process mode, or I'm going to get younger and more nimble on the fly. And I'm going to take a couple of guys who I can control for a few more years and make it work that way. But the idea that he's just going away for whatever matching contracts you can possibly get and a throwaway pick to me doesn't seem to make sense at all. So I, if those are the offers and it's, and that's where it is, I, I don't know. I mean, sure. I think any team that can fit him into their structure is going to get an absolute steal if that's the case. So I think it doesn't fit for the Celtics, but some teams, some teams going to be thrilled with it. That's what worries you, John, because this some teams going to get much better with Bradley Beal on the team. If he's given away like that, and it's going to be the heat, I think. And that scares you if you're the Celtics, this team that was doing it with Struess and Vincent and all these guys. Now they're going to be doing that stuff with Beal in those guys place for 40 minutes a game. Yeah. And, and guys, I get the no trade thing. He has control. It's a different conversation. If Bradley Beal made a con made a trade demand, gave them a list of three teams only and said, do it. That's not what happened. They discussed it. And the the two sides are like, we can mutually part ways if we can figure out something that works. So if it works, if it works with you and it works with us, I don't believe the wizards are trying to literally just destroy and dismantle their team just to get off this contract. I think no. it's a let's move forward in a way that helps us and helps you. Right. And, and, and that's, and, and again, part of the challenge for Washington though, along those lines is not only finding a trade partner, but convincing your player to be part of the trade partner yeah. conversation. And that's not going to be easy because Bradley bill, again, not knowing specifically what he's looking for, I'm 99.9% sure he's looking for a team that is going to be a contender, that he can be part of that that roster, and they are either puts them over the top as a contender or it puts them in the position to be a contender. And that's not going to be easy because teams that have that type of, of flexibility with their roster and salary picks and all that stuff, they know that they have what Bradley would want, and so they're not going to give Washington necessarily what they want. Washington is in a really tough spot because they are trying to do something that everyone in the world knows they're trying to do. And we all know the best trades are the ones that come out of nowhere. The best trades are the ones where for teams and players or for teams and organizations that are worked behind the scenes that not everyone knows about. And, and my, you know, with right now with Washington, their stuff is on front street. Everyone knows they're trying to move him. And, and I think it's going to be really hard for them to find a deal that makes sense for them and makes sense for Bradley Beal. And, and that's the thing is up. like, and I can't believe they're just going to be like, okay, whatever. We'll just take whatever. It just doesn't make sense to me. That's the right. thing is like, I know it's not going to be the haul you would expect. It just doesn't make sense to me that it's going to be nothing. Yeah. Um, like you're not going to get the Danny Ainge for Go Bear Hall. You're not going to get that deal. Not no, you're happen. not. You're but not. You can, but you I think you're somewhere get... between Durant and Kyrie, truthfully. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you know. Uh, somewhere in between there. The Kyrie was, I have no leverage. He's in an expiring year. I'll just take whatever. And and then you take him and figure it out. 
versus Durant, which still got a pretty good haul, even though it was a trade demand there. I think Hero's a pretty good piece here. He's signed long term. He's young. He's a former six man. If you yeah. if there's picks behind it, the Hero yeah. Robinson with a few picks is and st- you can is a put Robinson package. later, maybe if he starts playing well again, shooting yeah. ridiculous from three and you know scoring a ton. That's what they're gonna have to do here. And the interesting spinoff to this are guys like Porzingis, guys like Kuzma. I mean, I could see Porzingis ending up in Milwaukee as a Brooke Lopez replacement and playing next to Giannis there. I could see a guy like Kuzma uh, going to Philly for Tobias Harris in that case. And then that's how these other teams that are in play get stronger here. So the East is going to level up for sure. I'm, I'm concerned about the Heat. You have to be today because they just beat you. Uh, and then if they get Beal, you got to be yeah. concerned beyond that, not to mention the Celtics potentially losing Grant here. Uh, and making a trade with a Brogdon for yeah. an unknown. So Bobby, Bobby, these teams are going to level up. Bobby has to wrap it up. We're going to wrap up this garden report. I'm sorry for jumping on late. Anything we didn't hit on you guys wanted to circle back on before we kill it? Nah. Now we did it. Good. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Just Gallinari coming back quick. I think he can help if he's healthy. I like it. I think they should keep him. Hopefully you get some percentage of what he could have given you last year. And – I think they originally signed him with Grant leaving in mind. So that still kind of follows that. It gives you a Band-Aid option for a year. You know, like you've got another player and you can figure some stuff out, but it's also a tradable piece because you can use that salary to kind of to to, to figure some stuff out if you need it. But yeah, can't hurt. Who cares? It's I mean, it's it's better to have it and better to have and not need than need and not have. You need shooting um, and it it could help you. So yeah. you know, it, I think it's fine. And it, it, it does make sense. We thought he was going to eat into Grant's minutes as is. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. We are going to wrap it. Thank you guys for jumping on. Bobby Manning's probably going to jump on maybe once more this week with some other news. But what we do promise is the second there is actual news. And we are at the point right now where trades can be made. Like you can trade a player free agency hasn't opened, but I mean, we're a week away from the draft. We're definitely going to do a live draft show, even though the Celtics don't pick until 35 because a lot of stuff could go down. Uh, but we'll probably talk to you before then, but expect, I don't know if the Celtics are going to do crazy, but crazy is going to get done somewhere. Um, and it's going to be interesting. So uh, stay tuned to the garden report, follow all of us on Twitter, uh, follow our handles here, subscribe to our YouTube channels off season, a lot, a lot, a lot of coverage, a lot of things the Celtics have to do uh, before they take the court next year. So um, stuff's going to happen. Something's going to happen. We'll see what it is. And we'll, the second it does, we will be here. We promise. All right.